Welcome back to Round Guy Radio as we continue our focus on eight-man football. Uh, eight-man footballs, we're going to start with there because they're first out the gate. We're on the phone with Winfield Mount Union Wolves coach Scott McCarty. Welcome back to the program, Scott. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Well, uh, this, the football season is just getting ready to get started, uh, but you have this uh, – before we get into talking about your team, let's talk in general about this uh, doubleheader – that you guys got set up for week zero, and Scott and Melvin and I are trying to cover that. Yeah, um, so it, the first game will be us uh, versus Audubon. Uh, they're on the western side of the state. They're kind of by uh, Atlantic. Um, and we're going to meet at Martinsdale St. Mary's, um, a high school south of Emeline, kind of by uh, Indianola, Winterset area. Um, so we'll kick off at 2 on Saturday, August 20th. Um, and then following us, uh, Waco will be playing against Southeast Warren. Um, Southeast Warren's kind of right by Indianola, so it's over in that area as well. So it's kind of like an eight-man showcase, and it kind of came about. Uh, Coach uh, Burks at Audubon, I've gotten to know him the last couple of years um, just through, you know, the coaching um, brotherhood and kind of stuff, and we kind of just said, hey, we should meet and give it a shot. And, you know, Audubon's been a great team. They've been very, very good. I think they've made the Dome or been to the quarterfinals, um, you know, probably I think like three of the last four years or something like that. So they've been a very high caliber team, um, you know, and we'd like to think that we have a pretty decent team this year, um, you know, and so if you want to be the best, you got to play the best, um, you know, so we wanted to have a nice, um, nice kind of challenge to start the year. You know, Um, it's a win-win situation, I think, for both teams, right? You get a, a victory over the other team and the other team has a great season, you know, it's good for you. And even if you lose, you know, you're going to learn so much by playing a high caliber team week zero. Um, you know, you'll, you'll find out real quick where you need to get work, um, you know, and, and so it'll get you ready for your district season. So, um, and then um, Waco and Southeast Warren, I know their coaching staffs got together at a, a clinic and they kind of had a conversation. They said, well, why don't we just play right after those guys? Why don't we do what they do and just meet and play at the same spot? And, and it kind of came about and, Next thing you know, we have a, a doubleheader, um, you know, week zero. Um, you know, Coach uh, Derek Wharton, he's the head coach at uh, Martinsdale St. Mary's. Uh, I go back a long ways, about 20 years with Coach Wharton. He recruited me out of high school to come play at Simpson College. So um, he's been great to work with, and Coach Burks has done a really nice job of getting things set up. So that's kind of the, the lowdown on the uh, doubleheader there on August 20th. Well, uh, Coach Burks has been on our program. Uh, oh, yeah, we, we got to interview him. Uh, and we got to see his team, uh, and man, can they play! Uh, they they played a Waco in the nope. in the championship there or the playoffs, yeah, and we uh, played the quarterfinals there. That was a heck of a game over there in Wayland. That was Scotty and I was at the edge of our seat that whole game, and uh, could have gone either way. Uh, they ran a punt back, and and basically that was it. That's how they won the game. It was just a, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was uh, that was one of the best high school football games I think I've seen in a long time. Neither team, you know, Waco got. What was it? Audubon got up early. Waco came back, um, you know, back and forth. And then you said it came down to about the last two and a half minutes with that punt return. And, um, you know, they had a really high caliber quarterback. He has since graduated, um, you know, so they, they, they have a lot of new guys. They got to break in this year. And, and uh, you know, it should be, it should be an entertaining game. Like I said, you know, we're pretty, pretty excited about the team we have here in town. Um, you know, so we're pretty excited to see how we stack up against one of the predominantly, you know, great teams in, in eight-man football here the last few years. And the game between Waco and uh, Southeast Warren is going to be a good one. A lot of people are talking that Southeast Warren 
is a dome caliber team this year. Um, obviously, you know, Waco, we just talked about there. Always solid. You know, Coach Edeker does a really nice job with those guys. You know, they lost some of their uh, their guys up front, you know, but Chad never really lets them get too low over there. You know, he's been probably coaching those guys up all summer. Um, you know, I expect them to be a pretty solid team this year, too. So I think it's going to be a, a really nice day with two really, you know, I'd like to say four high caliber teams and, and two really great games, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see. We're excited for it. I know I can tell you that. Well, Scotty Melvin wanted me to ask you if Central Lee is able to field a team this year or not. Central Lee or Tri-County? Or Tri-County, I mean. Tri-County. We have uh, an email that said they are going to try and, and have one. So we're they're on our schedule. Uh, but that's kind of also why this game got um, even brought up about, right? Because we lose a game and our kids end up playing seven games. You know, and high school football is a special sport, right? You, it's, you get the fewest amount of events. Um, you know, and it's it's one of the most labor intensive sports there is, you know, your whole community gets behind it. Um, you know, so we wanted to create our kids with a great experience and make sure they got the amount of games that they can. Um, so that's that's kind of how this game got uh, scheduled in the first place is because we wanted to try and replace that Tri-County game. In case um, you so don't have it. What's that? In, in case you don't have it. That's what Scott Absolutely. thought. That was his, his thought on that game was why that was why you guys were were kind of looking for a week zero game. Yep, and, that, and that's happened to us a couple times with Tri-County where we've had them on the schedule and, you know, due to circumstances over there, they just weren't able to compete that week or finish the season. And, you know, you feel bad for that community, but, you know, you feel bad for your kids too because it's, uh, you know, like I said, I think high school football is an amazing experience for kids and to have a game taken away out of their control, you know, that's uh, it's unfair to them. So, you know, we're just trying to create an experience for our kids where they get that full slate of games. And if Tri-County ends up um, being able to play, I mean, we're still able to play that game. So the, the state's going to grant us the extra game just in case this year. Well, this is a statewide showcase of eight-man football. Uh, and the fact that you could see two teams or two games in the same spot back-to-back, how much attention is this drawing? Oh, you know, it's actually kind of cool. A lot of people from around the state, um, you know, have kind of reached out and said, you know what, we might come down and watch that. You know, teams out of northwest Iowa and, you know, the Des Moines area. Um, you know, and Audubon travels really well. So I'm sure some teams from the western side of the state will come. And, you know, it's just kind of a, a cool deal. And, and um, Coon Rapids Bayer, Coach Moore, uh, he knows somebody out of the West Des Moines Valley uh, School District. And they're going to try and do something very similar, I think, the next week, their week one game um, up at uh, Valley Stadium. So they'll be able to, you know, they're trying to get some eight-man games at Valley Stadium. And, you know, it's just kind of a cool deal to play on turf to start the season. It's going to be hotter in Hades, but uh, – it's just kind of fun for the kids to be able to, to play on turf because a lot of times if you don't make it to the dome, you never get to play on turf. So, uh, you know, it's just a cool experience for our kids to play at Martinsville. Well, we're, we're talking to uh, Coach Scott McCarty of the Winfield Mount Union Wolves, who also has one of the, the best podcasts in the state of Iowa, particularly in southeast Iowa, Be Great Football. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's been a pretty wild uh, experience. I think it started it around the first of the year. I uh, got about 25 episodes in, um, you know, the, the idea is to help football coaches, um, eight man football coaches, really, um, you know, just maybe learn something here or there, you know, try and get it like a mini clinic every week. You know, I've been able to interview guys from Florida and South Carolina all the way to Idaho and California. And, you know, it's pretty cool to, to learn from each, you know, each other, um, you know, start building some friendships and, and networking like that. And, uh, you know, I've gotten to watch a lot of film, um, you know, and I really think it's helped me become a better coach. 
Um, you know, so it's a, it's a pretty cool deal. Um, you know, we, we try and put out shows weekly. We'll see what that format looks like here once the season gets started. But, um, you know, I've been, been pretty excited and great feedback from the guys. And, and uh, you know, it's something I hope I can continue to do. Well, the volume of eight-man football seems to be growing. Uh, there's always a lot more teams. Therefore, a lot of your podcast is really needed. Uh, has eight-man football, how has it grown in the last few years in Iowa? Uh, well, I know we are the largest um, class, you know, as far as teams per class. I think there's over 70 teams now. So um, that's pretty exciting. Um, you know, it's something that I think the state's starting to recognize a little bit more that there's a, a need for it. Um, you know, at the Iowa Football Coaches Association Clinic, um, there used to be one or two eight-man speakers. Now they have a whole day in three classrooms, you know, so probably about, I would say they have maybe – 15 opportunities for you to learn, you know, and it used to be one or two, or it just used to be like a eight man coaches. You can sit in this room and talk about whatever you want, you know? So we're starting to get recognized a little bit more by the state, um, which is, which is great. You know, anytime you can get more exposure for your kids um, is great. And a lot of college coaches now are, you know, they're starting to take a little bit more flyers on eight man players because they know that um, their level, they, they've got to do a lot better at some of the smaller things, you know, tackling in the open field, you know, their one-on-one blocks and things like that. Not that you can't do that in 11 man, you know, but there's, there's always guys on the next level that can um, like, you know, safety or a linebacker behind you or whatever that um, can help if you screw up an eight man football, if you screw up, it's a touchdown, um, you know? So uh, a lot of them are seeing, especially in, I would say in non quarterback positions, you're starting to see a lot of eight man guys um, get recruited a lot better than they were even four years ago when we started. Well, let's talk about the, the team and how you're getting ready for this season. And then let's just talk about this District 6 that you play in. And uh, what do you think about it? Scotty was going over it with me, and a lot of teams have lost a lot of seniors. I remember Waco lost a, the Defensive Player of the Year to graduation. So let's start with your team, and uh, let's talk about the seniors you're losing and how you plan on replacing them. Yeah, um, you know, we, we've got a really nice group of kids that have really worked hard, good core kids, um, you know, about 15 or so that – I would easily, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they're probably about over 90% on attendance this year and, and uh, you know, for workouts, right? And then we've been doing some open field stuff and got a lot of things installed, a lot of fundamental work done. And, and um, you know, we got a couple of really nice players, our, you know, our seniors, um, you know, Kai Maloney, he doesn't really get much um, publicity. Uh, you know, he's a lineman and D lineman and he's done a really nice job of becoming a leader and helping us out. And Caleb Geese, he's going to have, we're going to have to have him change a little bit of his role from what he's done, both offense and defensively. So he's going to help us out that way. Um, you know, Isaac Wilson, um, you know, he's a, he's a kid that didn't go out for football until he was a sophomore, never been out and came out as a sophomore. And he's really grown into a really nice ball player for us. And so, you know, that's kind of our senior group, um, you know, and then we've got a really talented junior class, um, you know, everybody knows about Cam Buffington and Abram Edwards, you know, so those guys are, are doing a really nice job. But, you know, a couple of younger guys like, you know, like Cole Milks and Carter Lloyd and Eli uh, Miller, those guys are the ones that are going to really win us games by doing what they do at a, at a high level. So, you know, we've got a really nice core of, uh, of young guys that are working really, really hard, um, you know, and we're pretty excited about, about what we have. And, and it's going to be a really tough district. Talking to a coach in Central Iowa, he thinks that, our district is probably going to be one of the toughest districts in the state. And I'd have to agree. I think, uh, you know, we've got really excellent coaches in our district and there are a lot, a lot of talented kids. Now, like you said, a lot of them have graduated. 
you know, Clark from Waco, he graduated, you know, you've got you know, the Lone Tree had the Shields kid and Viner and the Bell and, you know, Iowa Valley had a really nice receiver who's, who's gone and they had lineman of the year and he's graduated, you know, so like week in and week out, you know, it's, it's going to be a battle. We start with Moravia who they think might win their district. Um, you know, they've got a really good receiver athlete down there. So, you know, there's never going to be a week where you can go, you know, kind of cut, put the, put the brakes on or anything, you know, you got to be on your game every week. Otherwise you could easily slip up. So how many out of conference games you play before you start playing the conference? We'll play two non-district games. We'll play the Audubon game and then Moravia. And then we're right into our district uh, play with Iowa Valley and then New London. Those are our first four games. Well, you're, good. you're doing good for your power schedule rankings because those are some pretty good teams. I know Moravia, I just saw their baseball team, and they, uh, yeah. they got beat by New London and won the state championship. So they got a bunch yeah. of good athletes over there, too. I wouldn't sleep on them either. No, our, our strength of schedule and our travel, they're, they're both going to be pretty high. I mean, like I said, we, we'll drive to uh, Martinsdale for week one. Week two's at Moravia. Week three will be at Iowa Valley, which is in Marengo. Um, then we'll have New London home, and we travel to HLV at some point. Um, you know, so we got a lot of road trips. It, we're actually probably looking forward to the road trip to Wayland because it's only 15 minutes compared to everything else. It'll be around two hours. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Winfield Waco uh, matchup because it just seems magical and it just it's one of those rivalries that is uh, a really classic in the state of Iowa, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, so I'm not I'm not a, a Winfield guy, right? I, I'm a I'm a transfer in, right? I grew up in Northwest Iowa, and um, you know, you kind of learn about it. You know, I think that people my age and a little bit older, it's it's a bigger rivalry um, than it, it is currently. I was given uh, Coach Edeker a hard time. I said, you know. One of the other two, you, you got to win every once in a while to keep it a rivalry. And then he sent me a screenshot of uh, the last six years, actually, we're three and three. Um, and so I guess I, I, to me, it hasn't been that right. When I started coaching 15 years ago, um, Waco was really, really tough. That was, the, you know, when they had the Macbeths and the Tad Morrow group, you know, they ended up going to the Dome, um, I think. And they made the semifinals, I think, that year, like 2009 or something. Um, you know, very, very tough team. And Waco is traditionally one of the, the uh, a very just classical team, right? They're, they're very successful. And, you know, I, I, uh, I've gotten to know Coach Edeker. I respect the heck out of him. And it's just one of those things where, you know, both teams, they, they kind of snap it up and they, they strap it up a little bit tighter and, and hit a little bit more that week. And it's just, it's good buzz, you know, for both programs, being this close, you know, that kind of deal. And I, I think there's a lot more to the Winfield Waco rivalry than I'm even aware of, um, you know, but I think, uh, you know, the kids, the kids always know, you know, and, and it's, it's exciting. Um, like I said, I respect the heck out of that program. And, um, you know, they do a lot of things the right way. Coaches definitely got them. They, they dipped there a few years ago, uh, but he's got them going in the right direction right now. Well, we, we had him on the show a lot of times and he would have been a guy that could have used your podcast if it had been around uh, because he talked to me about that transition from 11-man football to 8-man football. And he was saying, you know, a lot of the things that we really did well in 11-man football didn't work in 8-man football. And they, they really had to come up with a whole brand-new scheme. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that, you know, when you transition, you talk to coaches and they say, well, you got to do what you're comfortable with. Well, yes and no. Um, you know, you've got to be able to, to – you can't, you can't be something you're not, you know, as a coach or – and things like that. So you got to do some stuff, but some stuff just doesn't work in eight man. Right. Um, you know, and defensively, I think you're really held to a, 
you're really behind the eight ball um, in on defense. You know, somebody's like, well, how do you get to be really good on defense in eight man? Well, you, you really got to have, it's really not so much about your scheme. It's about your kids. You know, you've got to have a group of kids that can tackle. You got to have a group of kids that can play man to man in the pass game. Right. And, and just tackle in the open field. If you got those groups, you know, it doesn't matter what scheme you, you run. You're still just going to be pretty solid, but he, uh, you know, he's evolved. He still does some of those things that they did. I remember in 11 man and they just do it really well. He gets re- really good guys up front. He gets those guys to be extreme technicians up front. And, and, uh, you know, that's one of those things you hope we can do. We listened to him at a, at a clinic and he kind of gave away, you know, he kind of gave what he did. And, and so, you know, you go, Oh yeah, well, that makes sense on why they're so good because this is like a simple scheme that, you know, the kids are getting hundreds of reps out a day. So, you know, like I said, respect the heck out of Coach Edeker. He does a really nice job. And as a young guy, you'd like to, you know, learn something from him on on how to coach. Well, I'm certain he'll have his team ready to play and ready to compete for a championship like he got last year. But there's another team in your, your division there that uh, seems to be right in the edge with you and uh, Waco, and that's New London. They seem to have some really outstanding athletes. Yeah, they've had some nice kids um, come in. They've moved in and, and they have really helped out their core kids. And, um, you know, the, the Porter kid is an, an elite athlete. Um, you know, he's I think he's got a bunch of Division One offers to play basketball. Um, you know, and it doesn't matter if, what, what kind of Division One athlete you are. You just move different, um, you know. So he's a, he's a really nice ball player for him. They had a kid uh, transfer out to uh, Mediapolis, who was their leading running back. Um, you know, so we'll see how that affects their team. But, you know, uh, Coach McShirley always, those kids always play physical. Um, you know, they, they don't do anything too crazy. They just out-execute and, and, and kind of bully you up. So, um, you know, and, and they're one of those teams that in, until you beat them, you know, you, you got to respect, you got to, they'll have a target on their back. You know, I think they're always one of the district um, favorites just because, like I said, he, they're always right up there. They're, they always give everybody a run for their money or, you know, find a way to win the, the close ones. So, um, you know, in my opinion, I'd like to think that between uh, Waco, ourselves, and, and New London, Henry County, you know, will be the top three teams in our district. Um, you'd like to think so. You don't, you know, you don't want to count your eggs before they're hatched or anything. Because, like I said, we got Iowa Valley, who's going to be a really tough team. I think HLB will be improved. Um, you know, Lone Tree, I think, might take a step back just – They've got a new coach coming in who who's not uh, who's making the transition from eleven to eight man, and they lost you know Viner and, and Tate Shield. You know they lost those guys. Yes, who really made them go? You know the Patterson kid and and all those things. So they got some big shoes to refill up there. So um, you know, but then again, it's Lone Tree, and they always compete their tails off, and they find a way to scratch and claw and be a part of it up there. You know, so just you know, like I, I said earlier, I think it's going to be one of those districts again where every game is going to be you know just tougher heck to come out with a win. Uh, what about is it English Valleys in that conference? Oh yeah, English Valleys, and they just—I mean—they graduated. I think like eleven seniors, um, and so they'll they'll kind of be a new look. But they're one of those teams that's also they don't do anything flashy. They just play really physical football. Um, you know, they lost their running back in Flander, who was a. I mean, an elite athlete. He was the hundred meter champ. Um, you know, I think he got first or second to two hundred as well. So, um, you know, he was a, a, an excellent athlete, strong kid. He's going to continue his career at Grandview as a, a running back for them. So, um, you know, obviously an elite athlete. Um, he's going to be hard to fill his his shoes, but you know, coach over there does a nice job with his team, always having them ready to play, and somebody else step up and, and try and fill the void for him. And Tri County, I would believe, would be in that conference. 
Uh, I think they had a – didn't they have a junior varsity team last year? Uh, no, they shared – they sent kids to Oskaloosa. Well, if I I, I, I I heard correct, I, I'm not a I couldn't really tell you. I don't know a ton about Tri County. I don't, I don't even know where it's at. The two years we were scheduled to play at Tri County, they uh, were not on our schedule by that time. So well, I've actually never been to wherever they play football. Well, anyway, so that's that's the whole conference in it that, that you know, but we don't know anything about Tri County if they do feel the And they always have one or two kids who are pretty good athletes. They, the, their problem is they just don't have enough kids. They had one really good uh, athlete on the basketball team, I could remember. Oh, yeah. I know they had a kid, I, the name of Eisenbeiss. He was a real load as like a fullback for them uh, two years ago. And their quarterback was a pretty nice athlete. I don't remember his name, but um, they had a couple, couple pieces. They just didn't have enough. Well, we're uh, we're going to be excited to get up there and see this doubleheader, get a chance to see some of the best teams in the state all at once, all at the same time. And uh, we're really glad to have you on the show. Uh, mention your podcast again so people can check that out. Yeah, and so it's called the Be Great, uh, GR, and then the number eight, uh, eight-man football coaches coaching podcast. Um like, like you can find it on Spotify and Stitcher and uh, pretty much Apple Apple Podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find it on there. Um, it's me, and then I try and interview a coach uh, from all over the country um, just about maybe what they do really well. Uh, we finish everything with what they think the main thing for their football program is and then how they keep it the main thing. And, and uh, you know, some guys are offensive guys, some guys are defensive guys. And, um, and then there's a handful of episodes of me just kind of talking about um, you know, things as a coach from a coach's perspective about maybe game plans or practice plans or, you know, having an assistant coach move on, um, you know, those kind of things, just kind of some of those other things that we don't really talk about as coaches at clinics and stuff that we still, you know, you, you can as a new coach and, and stuff, it's always nice to have perspective on. Well, I think you're you get some feedback as far as at least, you know, where the people are listening. Tell us about, you know, how far out of reach are you getting with that? Yeah, uh, well, primarily it's in the United States. There's a couple people that must be in the United Kingdom that know something or something's wrong with their internet. But, um, you know, a lot of it is, um, I don't have state by state, but I know um, a guy from California, he always messages me after he listens to uh, to the episodes. And um, same thing with a guy in Oklahoma and Florida. I got a, a pretty continuous communication with them, you know, and so I get a lot of feedback from those guys, which is cool, um, you know, because what we think, you know, football is so different in California as opposed to here, you know, in schemes like in Nebraska, how they're different from uh, Oklahoma, you know, just a different look that you see. A lot of it has to do with the weather and the types of kids and things like that, you know. But, um, you know, it's it's fun to get conversations with guys in different parts of the country. And, you know, we tell them, oh, it was too hot for us today to practice. You know, it was 95 degrees. And he's like, if we didn't practice when it was 95 degrees, we'd never have practice, you know? So one of those kind of things for some of those guys. And, you know, sometimes we talk about, well, you know, some guys like we had to scoop the, the field and guys like we have kids that have never even seen snow, you know? So um, it's just, a, it's cool to get different coaches perspectives and, and take on, on what you think, you know, and, and what you know about football, you know, and, and a lot of guys can help you out and kind of change your mind and things. So, well, um, kind of like a big reach coast to coast, but it's it's really, really fun to get different pers- perspectives. Well, Henry County itself, it's sports nuts. They're, they're, they're just nuts about their sports. They're nuts about their high school. Uh, they are uh, 
you know, they're, they're really uh, into it. And uh, we have a lot of listeners in Henry County. And I mean, yeah, like 900 awesome. just in Mount Pleasant. Oh, wow. Very good. Yeah. I, my, uh, my, my podcast uh, host doesn't have, I, I can't get that localized. You don't get that information. Yeah. No Wayland and, and Mount Pleasant are number, number one and two. Oh, excellent. Places where people listen. Although when it says Wayland, that's a lot of big area because it just means they get their internet from Farmtel. Yeah, well, that would be us. I mean, I'm, I'm in Jill now. I get my, my uh, internet from Farmtel, so that would probably be me too then. Yeah, well, we get to, and we you know we had Jess Settles and Clay Edwards on there. That was a big, uh, that really got us uh, noticed in, in Henry County for sure. Those guys are kind of legendary over legends. there. And actually, Clay is going to, uh, He's going to help us out this season. Uh, we had an assistant coach leave. Uh, to, he got offered a, a full-time, or a, excuse me, a head coaching job at a different school. So he went and took that, and, and Coach Edwards is going to fill the void for us. So I'm looking forward to learning from him. Um, you know, he's he's been at the top of the, the level, you know, playing Division One basketball, and he's an excellent basketball coach. You know, he led our kids to the regional semifinal this year. Um, you know, so I'm looking forward to – being around Coach Edwards and, and learning some stuff from him, and and uh, it should be an exciting season. Well, he'll have some experience that he can help pass off on the team, and uh, he's a great guy. I understand he was at least a three-star. Uh, he got offered scholarships in three different sports, or maybe four. Yeah, as far as I know, it was uh, baseball, basketball, and football that he was getting looked at by a variety of, of colleges. And um, it's, I mean, you don't hear about that very much anymore. You know, so it's uh, he, and I watched him play. Um, we we did an alumni football game down here a few about probably ten years ago, and um, I mean he he played a pretty mean safety. I mean I watched him cut a kid in half basically on a, a seam route. So uh, he's a big fella. I don't know if he, he his knees. He says he can't do it anymore, but um, you know I I I still wouldn't want to go against him in the Oklahoma drill. He uh, I heard he's a really great baseball player and. Uh, yeah. I'd heard uh, he had a, he had a shot at, at uh, maybe the pros with that too. Uh, I I hadn't known that, but I mean I did know that he was a pretty good baseball player. Um, and all his his nephews and and stuff like that. I coached one of his nephews when I I started, and he was an excellent baseball player as well. So they must just be in the blood there. Well, let me ask you about. We'll close this. I've only got a couple minutes left, but uh, let's talk about your players that play baseball, that play basketball. Uh, you know, a lot of people are specializing in one sport and focusing on that all the time. But I've always felt you're, you're, you're better rounded athletes, you're better in shape athletes, kind of played multiple sports. How, how, do, how do you think uh, multiple sports helps a, a football player? Well, I think multiple sports just helps the, the person in general, right? Uh, you know, as far as like cross training and things go, you know, if you're jumping for a rebound, you're using so many different, you know, your jump muscles, which are your explosion muscles that you use when you tackle a kid. You know, if you're a pitcher, you when you're coming out of the off the rubber, you know, you're exploding on that one leg. That's like starting a race as a sprinter, you know. And so when you have multi-sport athletes, it just helps their body develop in different ways as opposed to being just a football player who puts a bar on his back and, you know, does bilateral back squat, you know. So I've always been – I myself was a three-sport athlete, right? I played two in college, um, you know, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in – you can't ever recreate the competition you get in a game, right? You know, so a kid that says, well, I'm not going to run track. I'm just going to lift. Well, you're missing out on opportunities with your teammates, you know, bus rides to build chemistry. And then you're also just missing out on sprinting fast and competing against the guy in the lane next to you. You know, you can't, 
you can't really duplicate that in a training setting, you know? So I'm a huge, huge proponent of it. And, you know, we have two kids that are getting recruited or committed already at the division one level. And both of them play, you know, AAU basketball at a high level, even though Cam's already committed to play, you know, division one football, he's still playing um, AAU to try and better himself and, you know, keep that, that competitive edge all year round. And that you talk about that 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 competitive edge, you know, whether it's foot, you know, there's a time in the baseball season you're down six runs and you mount a comeback and win, and that's learning how to how to um, you know overcome adversity. And then you might be down three touchdowns in a football game and be able to come back and win that because Absolutely. maybe because you learned that in basketball, or you learned that in football that the game's not over. Well, and like you said, and you can draw on those experiences then, right? You're in a football game, you know, like you said, you're maybe down three touchdowns to start of the fourth quarter. Well, you can draw on that experience from basketball season when you were down 15 to start the fourth quarter and your team made a comeback and won, you know? So you can kind of go, you know what, if we can do it there, we can do it now, you know, because you have that resiliency that you've built up by playing in a different sport, you know, and so you have that belief in you and chances are, the guys you're with on that on that football field were the same guys you were with on the basketball court, you know, and and uh, especially you know at a small school like ours, and so you get you just get yourself a better better opportunity to be resilient, and, and like I said, you also have that chemistry and stuff with your teammates there. So I 100% agree with that. Well, we've been talking to Coach Scotty McCarty of the Winfield Mount Union Wolves, one of the best eight man teams in the state. He's got a couple Division One. Recruits, or at least a couple guys that are going to be, you know, playing some ball beyond this, going to have a great chance to see him. We're just we're out of time, but uh, he's the host of Be Great, the the podcast about eight man football. It's taken the world by storm. Scotty Melvin's favorite podcast, even even more favorite than this one. I was going to say he better watch out saying that around you. Right? <laughs> well, he's you know we we bring him in on here for the truth, but we only got ten seconds left. But thanks for being with us, Coach. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. All right, we're out.